another episode of Saturday, Saturday the 14th. 14th. It's me, Maggie. And I'm Maddie. And we're here to talk about Maddie's uh, all-time favorite horror movie. It's so good. It's Stay Alive. I don't know if so good is necessarily the right words for it. I think it depends on your definition of good. It's truly lovable. I love it. Dearly. um, So as part of this, um, because I am an obnoxious movie snob and Maddie has a genuine love for this movie... Uh, I'm going to make you guess what its current score is on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm guessing it's not high. Yeah, it's not. So I'm going to guess... Originally, I was going to guess 14, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking more like like a 12%. You're close, but you're a little bit high. This has a 9% rating so on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like one out of every 10 people, 11 people likes it. Yeah. It's not good, but or it's every so person good. who watches it thinks that it's worth about a 10%. <laughs> I think it's worth more than 10%. Not much more. I think, okay, so um, as a point of reference for the rest of this episode, we there are two versions of this movie, as yeah. there are with many horror movies. So there's a theatrical version, and then there's the unrated director's cut, which is the copy that I have on DVD. Right. I think most people who've seen it have probably watched the theatrical version. That's the one that's up on Amazon. Which probably makes a lot less sense as a movie, I'm guessing. Yeah, so we'll kind of talk about it as we go into the plot, um, but they cut out about 10 minutes. I think of, it's like 15 yeah. minutes. I think it's like 85 versus 100 minutes or something like that. Yeah, they cut out a big chunk of extremely important context yeah. that makes this movie make much less sense. Uh, and actually made me pretty angry the first time I watched it um, because, as previously mentioned, I'm a big snob. And there are... I mean, it's still historically inaccurate either way, but they do a much better job of explaining some of it in the And explaining where they were cut. coming from. Yes, it is not historically accurate. And if no. you go into it expecting a historically accurate movie about a video game that kills people... Really, I just want to clarify that I did not expect the plot of it killing people to be historically accurate. They reference a real historical figure, Elizabeth Bathory, in this movie. And if your villain is a real person who really existed, I do expect that that story will be at least somewhat historically accurate. And it is more historically accurate in the director's cut than it is in the original version, or the the, the final theatrical version, but it still gets... Like I said, when we were watching this, it's like somebody listened to, like, a podcast about Elizabeth Bathory while they were also doing something else and just, like, didn't research her anymore and just wrote off of what they kind of remembered hearing. That's completely valid. Yeah, I mean, I knew the story of Elizabeth Bathory before watching this. I knew that she didn't live in the Louisiana in the 1800s and own a plantation. But, like, there's That's so important. much charm. <laughs> It is a very charming movie. It's a very fun movie. It has Frankie Muniz in it. It does. It has Sophia Bush. It also does. It has Emmy-nominated Jimmy Simpson in it. And he is still killing it in this movie. Honestly, I thought he was the best actor in the movie. Oh, he was without a doubt. But maybe we should get into uh, talking about this movie. Let's actually talk about this masterpiece. So it came out in 2006. So at like the height of WB slash CW dramas, I'm pretty sure that Sophia Bush was actually still on One Tree Hill at this point in time. That would have made sense. So, awesome. I think Frankie Muniz, would he still have been on Malcolm in the Middle? 
How would that have that ended? ended? I think that might have ended already. He was pretty okay. old in this. Not That's old, true. But it definitely does have a very strong uh, CW horror show vibe. Like, oh, it does. Vampire Diaries type of energy going on Actually, there. apparently this did come out while Malcolm in the Middle was still on television. Fantastic. So... Right at the end, though, right? Yeah, in the last season. Oh, okay, yeah, like a couple months before the last episode. But still, like... That makes sense. So, yeah, you come in to theater watching this movie produced by Disney. Yeah, McGee is one of the producers. McGee is the per- main producer on this. So you come in, you're like, okay, I'm gonna watch this horror movie about a video game that kills people. Yes. Made by Disney. Yes. That is the only slasher movie Disney's ever made. True. Yet. Yeah, so far. They're just going to buy every other company, and then they'll have to make slasher movies. That's true. Or there'll just be no more slasher movies. We'll make slasher movies. That sounds good. Um, but yeah, and so you go in, and it's starring... Um, yeah, so it stars... Um, but I mean, it has Frankie Muniz and Sophia Bush in it, who are, at the time, pretty popular stars. And it had the love interest from the first season of the OC, Samara Armstrong. Yeah. So just imagine what people expected going into the theaters to see this movie. Probably not what they got. I don't even know what you would expect from this movie. It's an incredible film. Can you expect anything better than what it is? I don't know. So this was directed by William Brent Bell. It was also written by him. Um, we looked him up to see what else he'd done. And uh, he's also he also did The Boy which with is a uh, movie. Lauren Cohen. Yeah, which is a movie that Maggie and I saw in theaters. And I could not stop laughing the entire time. It's a bad movie. It was very bad. I don't think this guy makes good movies. Like, I just think that... He also made career. The Devil Inside, which also has a really yeah, low... Yeah, it's like an 11% on Rotten Tomatoes or something higher like that. than Stay Alive. True. He's only getting better with time. I wonder what The Boy is at right now. Wow, The Boy is at 28%. That's actually... He, he is getting better. He is. He's not making anything good yet. No, definitely not. But, like, it's a steady climb. I would say that a big help um, for The Boy is that it looks like it was shot on a real camera and <laughs> not a flip phone. Through an Instagram filter. Yeah. Because... I don't know if anyone listening has ever seen the very first episode of House, MD, but that entire episode is very blue and very orange. This whole movie is like that. Yes, it looks a lot like it, except worse. Yeah. It's a mess. It is. It um, had a $20 million budget. (laughs) And unlike a lot of movies that we talk about on this show, it made $27.1 million at the box office. So more than the budget. Yeah, but that's only the budget for the movie. I don't think that takes into account any of, like, the marketing campaign or anything like that. This movie probably lost money. Yeah. But it's so good. I will say that it is very clear that the $20 million budget went entirely to the in-game CGI. And only the in-game CGI, because all of the CGI out of the game (laughs) is atrocious. To be fair, it's very expensive to make a video game, and they basically made a video game. They should have just made a video game. <laughs> we mentioned some people who this stars, but it stars John Foster, Samira Armstrong, Frankie Muniz, Jimmy Simpson, Milo Ventimiglia, whose For name like is so hard to one say. scene, and he's so good. Yeah. And he's so cute, because it's like 2006 Milo Ventimiglia, and he's like still like... He's like in sexy dress time, not yeah. like... Bad boy jazz time. I never watched Gilmore Girls, so I don't really know. You made a mistake. I know him from Heroes. In early, I think it was like a couple years before this, he played Jess. I don't know. It's hard to keep track of everything that happened in the 2000s because there was just so much. Yeah, he was Jess in Gilmore Girls. He had short hair and he kind of looked like a punky teenager who's like the bad boy, but he was just like a jerk. Right. And then he goes off and becomes a writer and comes back and he's all like grown and matured and wants Rory back. And she's like, nah, Um, everyone still thinks they should have ended up together, which is probably true that I've never been team Jess myself. But anyway, 
My love and Tamiglia. Also, he was on Heroes. Yeah, that's what I remember also him around from. this time. That's as what well. I remember him from because he just had like very creepy sexual tension with Hayden Panettiere because they were dating in real life, but they played uncle and niece on the show. Wait, uncle and niece? Yeah, but they're very close together in age. Right. Well, it's his oh, like, older brother who uh, was like the senator had her when he was, I think, like in his teens or early twenties, and then. He's significantly younger. And I think that she's supposed to be a teenager and he's supposed to be like in his like late 20s. Gotcha. So she's playing young and he's playing his normal age. And yeah, they were dating in real life, but like they also have a ton of scenes together where they're supposed to have like a family connection. So they like hug a lot, but it, like obviously they both are attracted to each other, which yeah. makes it very that creepy. That is really weird. That's not his fault, though. And then to finish off the list, we have Sophia Bush, who I mentioned from Montreal, and Adam Goldberg, who I know from playing Joey's crazy roommate in Friends. Yes. That is the only I thing know I know him I've from. seen him in other things, but I can't think no, of... No, he's a character actor who just, like, shows up, and you always know who he is, and you're like, oh, yeah, he's that guy, but you can't actually tell what he's from, but Joey's crazy roommate in Friends is the uh, one that comes to mind easily for me. Yeah. All right, so do you want to lead us off with some plot? Oh, my God, I would love to. So the movie actually starts with some gameplay footage. Yeah. That's pretty solid. It looks good. I There's mean, a lot of inexplicable camera angles. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense what angle this guy's playing from. Is it third person? Is it first person? Is it, like, over the shoulder? I just is imagine he... he's tapping in and out of the view. I like, thought he's maybe just it's like a cutscene or something like that. Maybe. I don't know, but he is like walking around this house and like creepy shit happens and he ends up getting killed. And yeah. then he, it, he gets hanged by the neck and kicked over a banister so yep. he strangles to death. And then it shoots to Milo Ventimiglia, who it turns out was the one playing this game. Mm-hmm. And he's like totally spooked and he's drinking a Red Bull and he calls his friend Hutch and he's on the phone he's like yo I'm playing this fucked up game it's called Stay Alive come on over yeah he's like yeah do you want to come over and it's clear he's like kind of freaked out and that's why he wants him to come over and Hutch is like nah bro I got work in the morning yeah and so then he goes downstairs to just drink some milk yeah which is gross. I guess it's supposed to help you fall asleep. <laughs> but he uh, hears something, so he goes into his roommate's room. Which, I want to stop here. Which This is the thing that we noticed while we were watching the movie. Not at this point in the movie, but later on. This is supposed to be his family home. Yes. But he has Which roommates. comes up later. But he has a roommate who's just, like, fucking a girl in his bed. Yes. Which, to be fair, the scene is much more drawn out in the director's cut than it was in the theatrical version. Yeah. But also the roommate, who's having sex with his girlfriend, is wearing a pig mask. That part is not explained, and it is... Very confusing. Yeah, it's never explained. I don't th- like, I think if if I had a roommate and I walked in on them and they were in bed with their uh, significant other and they were wearing a pig mask, I don't know if I could ever talk to them again. <laughs> and it certainly would not be a conversation that continues because he just keeps talking to them. Like, while they're in bed together, he just keeps chatting. And they're like, this is not really the time for this. Nah. But he's obviously freaked out, so he's trying to, like talk to someone but he wants to see his friends even if they're like pig mask sexing it's just so casual that it's almost as though he already knows that about them and he's just like oh yeah they're just having weird pig sex yeah but then you have to explain that in the movie you don't just throw that in there and just be like oh no it's fine because now i'm like what's happening this movie is so weird Uh, anyway so then he like starts to leave and then ends up like at his neck has a rope caught around him. He's dragged over the banister. Ah, he dies in the same way he died in the video game. Yeah. That's the point of the movie. He failed to stay alive. He did. So the next day we see um, his friend Hutch at work. Who's like a cool ginger guy. You don't yeah. see gingers as like the attractive male leads very no, often. he's really cute. He I mean, cute. he's very like 2006 cute where his hair's like a little long and curly and like yeah. now he would definitely have one of those short on the sides, long on the top cuts. Yeah. Which I think he would still look cute with, but... He would. He's very 2006 hot, which is fine. There are also a lot of, like, weird tribal tattoos in this movie. Oh, God. 
I'm glad we're beyond that. Me too. Oof. I'm glad the, the, the mid-2000s are over as yeah. much as I miss them. Um, so Hutch is at work, and he's freaking out about this report that he hasn't really finished, and his boss calls him into his office. His boss is Adam Goldberg, and his boss is like, I've been working on this for, like, 100 hours, and you need to, like... You, you know this is the reason why I hired you. Yeah, and he's like, oh, God, like, I'm so sorry I'm going to work on the report. And he's like, what report are you talking about? Like, I can't beat this character in Silent Hill 4, and, like, none of the stuff you're telling me is working. And so they have, like, this conversation about video games, and during the conversation, he gets the phone call that... His friend is dead. Yeah. That his friend, Lou, by, by the way, his, his friend's name is Loomis Crowley. Which is a very, like, referency name. Yeah. So no one has a normal name in this movie. Abigail. That's, yes. That, but do you know people who necessarily go by full Abigail? Usually they go by, like, Abby. I don't think... Okay, I, the other characters are Loomis, Hutch, Swink, Phineas, and October. Miller, I guess, is kind of a normal name. But he, I think that's his first name. That might be, yeah, I think that's his first name too, which is still weird. So, you know what? Abigail is normal. Okay, I get That's it. fine. Um, so, he's like all freaked out and he goes to Loomis's funeral and he meets this girl, Abigail, who is just taking photos on her giant old school yeah, Polaroid she has this camera. Giant old camera. And it like makes a lot of noise every time she has to like rip out the Polaroid. But she's just doing it in the middle of a funeral. So, service. she walks up to this guy, Hutch, she does not know. Never talked before. She taps him on the shoulder. He turns on and she like takes a photo. And that is like their meet cute. And he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, Everyone here seems so sad, but you seem the saddest, but you're not crying. Yeah. It's like, what is wrong with you? And she doesn't even, like, know the guy who died. No, she knows the girl. Oh, because the friends that were fucking also die. Oh, yeah, that's true. Like, they get, like, violently murdered as well. Yeah. So she knows the friend Liz, like, the girl Liz, who apparently is into pig sex, whatever. That's weird. That's fine. Not important. Doesn't come up at the funeral appropriately. Never comes up again in the movie. So she's, like, talking to him, and she's, like, explaining, and they, like, obviously both think each other are hot, and, like, she steps away to let Loomis's little sister come up and, like, hand him a bag full of video games that are too violent for her parents to let her keep. So the little girl says, yeah, they're never gonna let me play these and they're probably just gonna throw them away and he'd want you to have them so she just gives him all of his video games yeah and then i gotta say this is a smooth move abigail takes a picture of him pulls it out of the uh, thing writes her phone number on it and hands it to him which is a strong way of giving someone your phone number it's great she's like if you ever need anything i didn't actually realize that's what she was giving him was mm-hmm. a photograph of himself with her yeah, phone he, number like, on it yeah he like takes a picture of she takes a picture of him and the sister talking or hugging or something like that, which is still like a weird, emotionally manipulative thing to do. I it's think. very weird. But she's a very strange person. She only gets away with it because she's hot and it's like the Manic Pixie Dream Girl 2006 thing. Yeah, that's very strong Manic Pixie Dream Girl vibes in this entire movie. It's really strange. So anyway, Hutch goes to this internet cafe afterwards where his friends October and Phineas, played by Sophia Bush and Jimmy Simpson respectively. This is amazing because... Sophia Bush was like she was like the good girl on on Montreal Hill, right? Like she was cute a cheerleader. And like, yeah, I don't. She was kind of like the mean girl a little okay. bit, but she's she like preppy like, type, super preppy. Okay, she is straight up like emo goth two thousands. Oh my like, god, it's so good. Greasy black bangs and like a pierced nose, and she's wearing like lipstick in every scene. Always red has dark lipstick. red lipstick, as well as like a lot of dark. Oh yeah, smudgy eyeliner, so much eyeliner, and she's so edgy, and her name's. October. It's amazing. She's like, if you needed to come up with the ultimate mid-2000s goth girl stereotype, it would be her. And then the ultimate mid-2000s stoner yep. stereotype is her brother, Phineas. Who, what was the shirt that he was wearing? Uh, he's wearing a shirt for much of the early scenes that says, who farted? And it is a, it's just a sleeveless tank. Yeah. Yeah. 
Good job, Jimmy Simpson. He, yeah, and he's wearing a stupid hat, and he's a huge asshole. The entire time. For no reason. I also want to point out Sophia Bush's, like, tribal heart tattoo thing <laughs> on the inside of her arm. It's weird. It's And it's also red and black, just like every other thing that she wears. And, of course. Yeah. Of course. I don't think her bangs start out greasy. I think they, they get, get greasier through the movie. Like, the sadder she is, the greasier her bangs become. So they're, like, both gamers, too. And so he's talking to them about the game. And he's like, because the game, one of the games in the bag is Stay Alive, which is the game that he was playing when he it died. It is a, like, video game case, but it's just a piece of paper and has the word Stay Alive written on it. Yeah. So it isn't like the other games they've heard of. They're like, we've never heard right. of this one. This is the one he was playing the night he died. So they decide in order to pay tribute to Loomis, who died, they are going to play the game. Because yeah. you respect gamers by playing yeah. games. And during this conversation, Phineas lights a lighter and... Hutch freaks out because he has some past trauma with which fire. is the second most obvious foreshadowing in this movie. The first of which is probably the name of the movie being Stay Alive. Yeah. Spoiler, most of them probably will not stay alive. Yeah. So Hutch is just back at his apartment washing and drying some red Solo cups the way that you do. Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, he's washing and drying. A, like, there's plastic plates in there too, right? I don't remember the plates. I just remember it's like a close-up of him doing dishes, but the dishes he's doing are red Solo cups. And it's, again, never brought up at all. No. Never see them using these red Solo cups. No. But what you do hear is something from outside, and he's creeped out, and he walks to the door very slowly, afraid of what he's going to see, and he looks out, and he sees the most horrifying sight. Frankie Munoz. In an upside-down sideways visor. Yeah. As a character named... Swink. Swink. It's a weird, fake jump scare that they use to introduce Swink. I think it's just supposed to be like, nothing scary is going to happen for a while, so let's just do something. Yeah. It's weird. It's very weird. So So then, like, everybody else comes over. Yeah, so he comes in. um, So October and Phineas are there. Abigail comes over for some reason and Swink, so it's the five of them. And then they're also playing with Miller, who is Hutch's boss, Adam Goldberg. And then there's a really weird... There's a couple things in this scene that are not in the theatrical cut, but are in the director's cut. One is that before playing, Miller's just railing lines of coke in his office. He is, yes. Which is, is true. weird to Lots do. Lots of coke. He Very takes, strange. He takes a mirror off of the wall to do coke off of it, and then after he plays the game, ends up putting the mirror back up. Yeah, and there's still, like, coke residue on yep. it. Yep. And then the other thing, which is, again, one of the reasons why this movie is just so good, is... Abigail needs to go use the restroom, so she goes to do so, and then at some point, Hutch is like, oh no, there's no toilet paper on there. So he shows up, and he knocks on the door, and he's like, hey, I realize there's no toilet paper in there. And she's like, through the door. Oh yeah, you're right. He's like, I can give get October to give this to you through the door. And she's like, no, it's fine. So they open the door, and she's just sitting on the toilet. But then she gets up to get it, yeah, which is disgusting. Just throw it in. Don't like go traipsing your weird pee all over the place. And then he like is checking her out while she's sitting on the toilet, and it's- she's like, are you going to close the door? So he closes the door and then they flirt through the door. It's while she is like so wiping. Weird. Why does this movie exist? I understand why they cut it <sighs> from the theatrical version. I don't understand why they actually brought it, it in the first place. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Because I can see it almost being like, oh, it'll be kind of cute if they're like flirting through the door or whatever. But then the way that it all comes out is just very terrible. Yeah, it's just so weird. Because then she like opens up the door and he's like, oh, I'll let you finish. And then she closes the door. What did she need to finish? I'm guessing just washing her hands. I guess. It was just weird. I don't, I feel like maybe, I don't know. I don't know. It's so uncomfortable. And I, I've never, you open the door. Okay. When you need to hand someone toilet paper, you open the door a crack and they stick their hand out as far as they can. And you put your hand in. And you put your hand in as far as you can. And you don't look. Yeah. 
You don't stare at the girl you just met who you like who's now peeing on a toilet. They have a weird courtship. They have a very weird courtship. <laughs> Nothing about this is normal. It's very strange. And if someone tries to date you like this, don't date them. No. Because there's some weird shit going on. They'll probably give you a video game that'll try and kill you. Probably. Speaking of which. So then they all sit down to play. This one disc. This one disc. In two separate locations on multiple different devices, some of which are computers and some of which are consoles. I think maybe what they're doing is, like, the PCs are hooked up and they've, like, attached their controllers to the PCs, which is a normal thing. Yeah. But it definitely seems half the time like it's a console game and half the time like it's a PC game. Okay. And then, again, there's lots of different angles the entire time. Like, you can't consistently play it when you're at a different angle every ten seconds. Every, like, five seconds. Also... I don't understand how multiplayer game, uh, how multiplayer on this game works. No one does, because half the time it's multiplayer, half the time it it's is single player. player. It all seems to be the same, the same like constant game. Like they didn't start a new game or anything. They're just yeah, because the don't through. they find Milo Ventimiglia's body in this game? Yes, but they weren't playing on his PC. They were just playing the disc. Right. And also they're playing Miller is playing from a completely different location than the rest of them. So but it's also, also in the same online. game. But it it's not out yet. He logs into something. But the game is not released yet, and they don't have any information about... They don't even know at this point who the producer of the game is. Yeah, I think maybe there's some sort of server, but it's so unclear, and it's never implied that it's online. They're really also, taking no, advantage. Also, no, he's playing from the middle of, like, nowhere in the back of a truck at some point. He's clearly yeah. not playing online. No, they have to be playing online, though, because the boss is playing with them. I think what we're looking at here is um, a lot of people didn't fully understand the internet yet in 2006, and they were really taking advantage of that. Yeah. Things, things were still vague enough. You know? Yeah, I do. Um, so they play, and they're bad at it. Well, first it starts out, it won't let them play in this uh, image of a scroll with a bunch of text comes up. And they're like, what the hell is this? And Abigail, who knows nothing about games, is like, well, maybe we have to read it. And Swink, Frankie Muniz, is like, no, that's next generation technology. That doesn't exist yet. And, but they try it, and it works. So they read through this, and it's a evil-sounding prayer called, yeah. like, the Prayer of Elizabeth. Yeah. So they read that, and it finally lets them in. And I am not, like, an avid gamer. Um, my fiancé plays a lot of games, so I've watched a lot of games. You obviously love games. I do. I play a lot of video games. They are dropped in front of a house. Hutch starts moving his character, and everyone else goes, where are you going? He's like, which is just how you play games, is that you move your character usually around. Usually you move. And he's like, I'm just trying to figure things out. And then this little zombie chick pops up. Yeah, a little, like, child. And, and they're all, starts like... coming at him, and he's like, someone should do something. He's standing there with a weapon. And they're like, Swink, are you going to do fast. anything? She's not going. She's, like, just kind of, like, very slowly moving yeah. towards him. And Swink's like, nah, I'm not going to do anything. And so he shoots this child zombie in this game with by the way he has a crossbow but it shoots like a gun like there's explosions visible like explosions of light every time he shoots yeah that happens in video games sometimes yeah anyway it's like none of these people have ever played a game because they seem like the first opponent you meet is always easy to kill like 99 percent also chances are if you're playing a horror survival game and zombies come at you you're probably supposed to shoot them yeah, it's just like these people are all talking about how much they love gaming, but then they're acting and as they if they've don't never played know a game how before. to play a game, and they all get seriously creeped out by just being in a vaguely creepy game. Yeah, which I understand. Miller, as you pointed out, he's on a ton of coke, so he's probably a little bit of jumpy, but still, I don't get it. I mean, he's the only one who seems like super freaked out. 
At yeah. some point, the others are like, yo, maybe you probably should have left on your own. Yeah. But, yeah, he's the one who's really freaked out. I think it's just because he's on a shit ton of coke. Okay. I'll take it. But then Phineas is like, this game moves at a snail's pace, which is weird because they've been in the game for 30 seconds and have already refused to kill this an one enemy zombie. So or move their in, characters. They actually get in there shooting like a bunch of zombie children going through the cemetery. At some point, um, actually the very first zombie they kill drops a rose and talks about how like, oh, if you're in trouble, drop a rose and it'll get people to go away. Mm-hmm. And October is like, oh yeah, I read that in one of my witchy books because she also like <laughs> reads a ton of occult literature. Of course. And apparently spirits can't pass over a cut rose. Something like that. Something like that. So they're playing, they're, they go through, like, this cemetery, through all these mausoleums, they go into, like, this one tomb. Well, Miller ends up completely on his own yeah. in a tomb while everyone else is in the house, and they find the diary that has the prayer in it and the portrait of this woman wearing red. Right. And meanwhile, Miller is in this tomb, and he drops his last rose and then almost immediately gets murdered by the same woman in red. Yeah, he finds, like, a torture chamber, and he's like, ooh, and, and she- then he gets stabbed in the throat. Yeah, with these giant shears. Yeah. 14-inch dual-adjoined blades, yes. as they're described. And he's like, fuck this, this is creepy, I don't like it. So he decides it's a night for him. Everyone else kind of agrees. And so they go their separate ways, and Miller's getting ready to go home and gets murdered. Yeah, he starts to, like, hear things and see things, and he's all jumpy, and, like, Frankie Muniz is like, oh, it's perceptive reality. It changes the way that you think when you've been playing a game for too long. And so he's, like, all creeped out because he's alone in the office. Uh, yeah, and then he gets but stabbed. But what's great back. is um, they talk later, it hasn't been brought up yet, about, about how Elizabeth Bathory hated mirrors because they showed that she was aging so she could see her aging face. And so the the mirror that he was doing the coke off of that he hangs back up on the wall at some point cracks because that's what happens when Bath- Elizabeth Bathory is around. Yeah, the next day. So the next day, Hutch goes into work. And he's, like, all exhausted or whatever. And he gets to the office, and there's a bunch of police officers there because... Miller has been found dead. And he's, like, freaking out. He's, he's like, like, no, I just saw him a few hours ago. And, the and then they're like, like oh, really? <laughs> Tell us more. So he gets to meet Thibodeau and King, who are the two police officers Very who are Very interesting assigned. names. Yeah. Did you say Thibodeau? Thibodeau. I like it. He's French. It's in Louisiana. That makes sense. Um, so they're, like, pretty suspicious because he lives, like, ten minutes away. And they're like, wow, that's just enough time to sign off from this game and then come to this office and murder this guy. How interesting. Which is, like, a really quick conclusion to draw. It is. I understand. They were having a hard time understanding the whole video games online That thing. hasn't even come up really No, because th- that's how it came up. Well, was, yeah, he talks about that they were playing a video and game. And he was like, oh, but we thought he was at work. He was like, oh, he was at work. He's like, didn't you just say you were with all your friends at home? He's like, yeah, we were playing online in two different places. Yeah. So I was at home. He's like, oh, but you He doesn't explain it well, though. He doesn't explain it well. He's like, I just talked to him, and then he's like, oh, I was at home, and then, like, what are you talking about? So I can understand that the police are maybe, like, a little suspicious because his story sounds like it changed multiple yeah. times, when in fact they just don't know how the internet works. Right. Good um, job, team. Yeah, so that's that's upsetting, and and he's freaked out, so he goes back. Um, and he kind of makes the connection that Loomis and Miller both played the game right before they died. Yeah. And they ended up dying the same way as their characters, so, so they go back to the to the place where they've been hanging out. Yeah, and they're all talking about it. And actually, um, Phineas finds Loomis's body, right? They find Miller's body. Yeah, and it's the same. And it's the same exact thing, killed mm-hmm. in the same exact way. Yeah. And so... Phineas is a dick in this scene. He like is. He's like, we need to keep playing to honor him. And everybody else is like, we don't really want to do that right now. Because yeah. people keep dying. <laughs> so people decide to kind of like... 
Well, he keeps playing. Yeah. And he almost dies in the game. He almost gets run over, over by this horse-drawn carriage. Yeah. And so they're talking, and Frankie Muniz is like, yeah, it's like, it's too perfect that, like, everybody dies in the game the same way that they die, or, like, dies in real life the same way that they die in the game, and that's why you're, like, freaked out about it. And then they're like, oh, my God, it must be something to do with the game. We have to go find Phineas. And they run to go find Phineas. And his head's, like, down on his computer, like, and he looks hella over. dead. And they're like, no, no. And then he pulls up a huge bong. It's like a three-foot-tall bong. Yep. <laughs> that he is taking the world's largest rip off of. And, and he's, he's like, fine. what's up, guys? And they're like, okay, we just need to chill. It's probably this whole perceptive reality thing yeah and so they all go their own ways and there are shots of each of them doing different normal things so like hutch is shaving sophia bush is very sexually cleaning the latte machine at the internet cafe yeah it's very intense like there's a lot of weird rubbing and stuff it's just weird yeah um and jimmy simpson is fixing his car and they all kind of experience hallucination type thing they see like blood or faces or like the mirrors cracking around them and weird stuff like that but it ends up all being like not it real goes away, or it yeah. goes away hutch is still kind of freaked out so he decides to do some research and he finds actual photographs of the crime scene online somewhere of his milo ventimiglia's death yeah because i don't think that he'd known exactly how he knew he died in the game he didn't yeah. know it was literally the same exact like positioning of the body and everything yeah. like that so they meet all back up and they're like oh it's so weird that phineas isn't here yet but he'll be here and he hadn't died in the game so they yeah. weren't too worried about him but they're talking and they're like oh shit where is phineas because this is actually pretty messed up yeah and they cut to phineas and phineas is driving down the road singing, singing along, along in his camaro or whatever yeah it is. singing along very loudly enjoying life but then he sees a small zombie girl in the middle of the road and so he swerves and almost hits a tree but he doesn't hit but the he tree. doesn't hit the nothing tree. is physically wrong with his car and so then he's like kind of tripping balls and like gets out of the car and is like looking around like oh man everything's so weird i don't know what's happening and all of a sudden it kind of looks like nighttime even though it isn't actually and he calls them and he's like i'm stuck out here but there's no reason for him to be stuck out there because he didn't hit anything with his car. Yeah, I just don't think that they could have destroyed the car, but they I think the script probably originally called for his car to crash, and they're like, nah, let's save that money because this movie is not going to make very much money. Yeah, it didn't, so good call on that part. Um, so he's all freaked out, and he calls them, they're like, okay, we're going to come get you, and then it starts to go dark, and he starts to hear a carriage coming. And yeah, he's kind of out. He's just like standing in the middle of the road, looking around in various directions. He doesn't not doing try anything. to get away at all. No, he also doesn't try to not stand in the middle of the road. Like, if you hear a horse-drawn carriage coming, like maybe just don't stand in the road. Like, get back in your car. There are a lot of trees. He could have climbed a tree. You could do anything. Hide behind a tree. Get off the road. Go to the Drive huge Drive home because your car is fine. <laughs> and you did not hit the tree. <laughs> and so he gets run down, and it's the most ridiculous CGI thing. Oh, it's so bad. His death is so terrible. Like, I can't even explain to you how bad it looks. Like, it <sighs> it looks so fake. There's, like, obvious, like, blur effects on him, like, rolling over Very a ton of times. CGI blurring and... It looks like they made him slowly roll over and then sped it up and put a weird effect over it. And it looks so bad. Maybe he just had to, like, roll himself in circles <laughs> on the road. I mean, that's what it looks like. It looks terrible. And he, the rest of the scene, he's honestly, like we said, he's the best actor in this movie. He's acting his ass off. He looks genuinely terrified the entire time. Yeah, he does a really good job of, like, being the asshole character who he is playing. Yeah. Like, he is very convincing, and there, there's no way you can like this person. No. He's a little, like, douchebag endearing, but only, he like... He is, but... He's not, He's, like, like, funny, but if you knew him, you'd be like, fuck you. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. 
You're, um, you're not surprised when he dies. So he dies, and then they, like, um, they get out there, and they find him on the street, and they're all upset, and the police come. And the police are, like, still really looking at Hutch super hard, even though Thibodeau is, like, obviously he didn't, like, drive a horse-drawn carriage out here and run him down. Yeah. But they still say if they find him in another murder scene they'll have to arrest him and he tries to explain the whole thing about the video game but they laugh at him and then king that's the name of the yeah other one. king yeah. is the other guy king goes and is talking to swink about it and ends up decides to play it yeah and they're like and don't dies. do that and he dies in the game he gets his head ripped open with like a how saw does, style device how do you die such a detailed death playing this game for like two minutes i don't know i don't think he's good i don't think he is he says he hasn't played since like he was in a cubert championship yeah so i think he probably just like immediately walks into her or something like that yeah weird stuff but he decides he's gonna go king is gonna go figure out more information about the game so he goes to this weird ass um game like gamestop basically it's like a gamestop blockbuster type thing yeah and he's asking questions like i need to know about this game stay alive and the guy behind the counter who's also clearly like on something he is he seems like coked out of his mind he He is twitchy there's something going on there he's like oh you need something you you need something with a lot of frag with a high frag count you the the wife and kids are getting on your nerves and he's like no i just i just need you to answer a question for me <laughs> like, yeah so the guy's like nope never heard of it maybe it's underground and then he talks about how video games are the extension of one's mind like you wouldn't play a game by charles manson would you i gotta be honest i would i i might i don't know i wouldn't like buy it i don't think if you made a free-to-play game and posted it online i'd try it yeah i might too i mean Just it depends like, on what it was curiosity. if it was like he made a game about the night that he killed all those or the, like his followers killed all those people that i would not play because i feel like that would be messed up it's like how i wouldn't play like the columbine style shooting game you know yeah but if it was just like if he made like a, a like a, an mmo or something like that i would love to see what kind of mmo charlie manson would come up with I was thinking, like, if he made a little Mario or something. Like, imagine, <laughs> imagine if Charlie Manson made, like, Flappy Bird. Would you play Flappy Bird if it was um, made by is him? Is the overall goal of it to start a race war? Because if that, no. If it's completely divorced from his um, <laughs> theories, then I would probably play it. But, I mean, if it was, like, a like a, like a a Candy Crush type of situation, <laughs> yes. I'm, curi- I'm curious what he would make. Chances are it'd be pretty messed up, though. It would be horrifying. Which is probably why we wouldn't want to play it. But we'd, like, I'd probably watch, like gameplay of it just out of curiosity true yeah i probably would do that too anyway it's a huge assumption to say no one would play a game by him because I think people a lot of definitely people would, would. yeah um so he's like okay struck out there he gets back to his car and then he gets stuck to the front seat of his car and his head gets ripped open in the same way that it does in the game yep very much a saw reference also oh, it's yeah. definitely the it's, reverse bear trap it is basically yeah because they, they they like clamp on either side of his mouth and like rip it apart that way but it's like the same concept where same it's like a spring-loaded thing that rips your face open yeah um just different direction yeah and also then this movie did come out two years after saw so and saw was pretty damn popular when it came out yeah and like you said when we did the saw episode like that was the thing that everyone was talking about was right. the reverse bear trap yeah so it makes sense that they'd use it especially when trying to make a gross movie because there's a lot of blood and, there like, is a ton of blood gross in this scenes movie. In this it's movie. very violent it's not as violent as saw well there might be more blood i think that the crimes you don't see as much <sighs> so you don't actually see that much in saw 
That's true. You don't see much in Saw. You see a lot more blood in this movie because there's like bathtubs full of blood and stuff like that. Um, but you don't actually see most of the violence because it's all bad CGI taking place in a video game. Yeah. The implications are much more upsetting than they are in Saw. Yeah, I agree. Um, also, a lot more people die. Yeah, that's true. So, um... Hutch and Abigail decide that they're going to go check out Loomis's house while Swink and October are hanging out at Hutch's apartment. And October is like, why did you have to bring this game into oh, our right. lives? She's very angsty. And this is when her bangs become real greasy. Yeah. So she's like back looking through like books about witchcraft and shit like that. Trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. She and Swink are at the apartment and the cops show up. Because they have found out about the other cop dying. And so right. they're like showing up like tons of cars, sirens going, coming up with guns. I gotta be honest, um, they don't have any evidence against Hutch at this point in time that is not 1,000% circumstantial. Even then, not even much circumstantial evidence. Right. It's it really not just like seems there's like a thing he's... of his that was like, oh, well, maybe. It's like literally just like a, oh, well, he knew everyone. Yeah. Which like all those other people did too. So I don't know why. I mean, I guess he talked to him, but then the other people were on the call as well. Yeah. So, not clear. And meanwhile, Hutch and Abigail are breaking into Loomis's house. Which, like, don't do that if the police already think that you're a, a murderer. Like, and Hutch decides to tell Abigail his entire life story. Which is very upsetting. Casually while breaking into this house, he's just like, oh, yeah, so... I would come here whenever things got bad. And she's like, oh, you don't have to tell me. AKA, please don't tell me. This feels like it's getting very personal. But he keeps going. It gets so personal. And he's like, oh, yeah. So my dad thought my mom was cheating on him. So he decided to burn down the house and her alive and me. And I got saved. And she didn't. She was burned alive in bed. And now he's in jail. And he won't get out until he is 76. Just like casually says that as if it's a completely normal thing while breaking into a house. And she's just like, oh, okay, cool. Like, she doesn't even really respond she to doesn't. it. She's not like, I'm so sorry like that must have been so hard for you or like touching moment they're just like okay cool let's go see about that murder scene now and then they move on yeah so they go up to Loomis's bedroom and they find hidden in the side of his computer which I didn't realize until watching this that that's actually a very common thing that hackers will sometimes do because people don't usually check inside computers makes sense so my computer has like a window in it so yeah I can't hide anything in it I think that the 2006 that hadn't really kicked in yet you know yeah now I feel like that happens a lot like Tim says that as well yeah um, but they find, like, a cell phone taped in there with the contact information for um, the, the game, game developer. developer. Yeah. So this is where a lot of stuff gets added. Yeah, in the director's cut. Yeah. Or I guess it gets taken out in the theatrical release. So they call... Well, first, this part really upset Maggie. They call Sophia Bush, and she's talking a little bit about what she's found out from about um, Elizabeth Bathory and how she's a real person. And it actually shows you two pieces of paper printed out about her, and we paused it. Okay, this is the nerd-ragiest thing that got to me during this fucking movie. So it's based off of the character of Elizabeth Bathory, right? This is like it's the a real person who is a real person and therefore has an easily Googleable backstory. Which was easily Googled and they did Google it and they printed out pieces of paper that actually had all the correct information on it. And this is where there's a big difference between the theatrical and the uh, director's cut because the theatrical version cuts out a lot of explanation that like kind of is more accurate to the real story. Elizabeth Bathory was born in 1564 in Transylvania. Which it actually says on that printout. It does. It does say that. It has her husband's 
fucking Hungarian ass name correct in there. It has. It talks about Poland. It talks about Poland. It talks all about how she was real Eastern European. Everything was happening in Eastern Europe, hundred percent. This movie takes place in Louisiana. And over the course of the movie, it explains that she had a plantation in Louisiana that she, well, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Yes. Okay. But I just wanted to bring up the fact that, well, you know what? No, let's go into it. Cause this is about when they find out about it. Yeah. So, so they go to, they go to the address that they have for the game developer. They meet this guy who's played by Angelina Jolie's brother, who looks exactly like Angelina Jolie, but the features are really deeply unsettling on a man's face. That's fine. Um, he explains that he, he knows all about Elizabeth Bathory. He wanted to make a really realistic, scary game because he thought that making it more realistic and having actual historical facts in it would make it better for the end consumer. And they're like, okay, cool. And he's like, if you want to learn more, go talk to this woman. So they go talk to this woman. Both their conversations with um, Angelina Jolie's brother and this, uh, new conversation. this new person are not included in theatrical cut, which is a lot of context that they just completely omit. They go talk to this other lady and she's like, yeah, she came, you know, Elizabeth Bathory, she came over here like 200 years ago from, they say Romania. She was actually living in Hungary, in Hungary when she committed most of her crimes. She came over here, she like liked to abduct and torture um, local girls and then they like, you know, people found out about her crimes. She killed like 39 girls. They locked her up in this tower and she died up there, right? So two 200 years before 2006 was um, 1806, right? Yeah. Elizabeth Bathory was born in 1564. Which we've already know, we've, which we have already proven the characters know because there was literally a printout saying this. They mention in this explanation that she thought that the blood of young girls would keep her looking youthful. It does not say that it gave her immortality, which means that there is absolutely no way that she moved to Louisiana at the age of 250 and committed her crimes there in Hungary when she was a real person who really existed. She was married to a count. She was very wealthy. She liked to torture and murder young girls for her sexual pleasure. That part is true. She really did stab someone to death with a pair of uh, cutting shears. Not for the reason that the writer explains, which is that she was, uh, that the girl cut her by accident while she was cutting her hair. In reality, a young girl apparently stole a pear from her and her and one of her friends beat her to death and then stabbed her to death with shears. Which is like I a feel, pear, like the fruit. Yes. Oh, I thought you meant like a pear of shears. No, just a pear. They just she stole a piece of fruit from her, a perishable piece of fruit from her, and so she beat her within an inch of her life and then stabbed her with a pair of shears. I find that more upsetting than a snap after someone accidentally hurts you. Like yeah. that's so much more twisted. Which is a thing. Okay, this is a horror movie about a terrible person. Every single thing Elizabeth Bathory did in real life is more upsetting. Than in this movie. Well, I will say that she does, like, hang all the women who she... All the young women who she kills and captures. Well, captures, then kills. Mm -hmm. She does hang upside down and then drain their blood and then bathe in it. And, True. like, later in this movie, you do see a fully naked Countess Bathory getting ready to, like, yes. stab her and bathe that in the blood That part underneath. they got right. So that part, like, they did a little... It was creepy. They got some of it right. But it's just, like, all of the time everything else. is so wrong. She never lived in the United States. The... The United the, States the didn't state exist when of, she yeah, was Yeah, the alive. state of Louisiana was not founded for, like, over a hundred years after she died. Yep, that's all true. So it's not possible for her to have had an 1800s plantation in Louisiana when she died in the 1600s in Hungary. Yep. No, you're right. It's, like, you just, like, it's just, it's, 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 it's... It's incredibly historically inaccurate. <sighs> and Maggie is very frustrated about this. Clearly. Yes. 
and okay, so we, I was planning on talking about this a little bit later, but I'll talk about it now. I think that one of the reasons that they decided to do the whole Louisiana Elizabeth Bathory tie-in is, as most people listening probably do know, um, because of American Horror Story, there is a very similar figure in Louisiana's history who is Delphine Lori, who also killed people and used their blood to try to keep herself young. Yes. She actually existed roughly during this time period. And she did a lot of the same things. Did a lot of very similar things. I have no idea why they would not have just used her, aside from the fact that maybe they thought that Elizabeth Bathory was more well-known. That would be my guess, is I think a lot of people have heard about Elizabeth Bathory, knew that she was one of the reasons why the myth of the vampire existed, and knew that she liked to bathe in people's blood. They don't even talk about her being the origin of a vampire myth in this. it was on the printout. But I think a lot of people (laughs) know that part of history about her. But I think the funny thing is that, like, American Horror Story proves that if you just tell the actual... Again, it's not fully accurate in American Horror Story either. It's not, but also I think that... So Nick Cage bought the LaLaurie house Mm -hmm. the year after this. I think Nick Cage purchased his purchasing of the house and he like talked about it on Letterman and stuff like that. I think he brought that name to, um, he made her a lot more famous than she was. So I think by the time Coven came out, there was already a little, people knew more about her because Nick Cage had bought her house and was talking about how it's this haunted house and stuff like that. It just felt like there was already someone they could have used instead of just like completely fucking around with real historical. I mean, it's the same thing as when we talked about, um, the Amityville horror, like, It just drives me crazy. Like, it drives me crazy when people pretend that something is based roughly on a true story or inspired by true events and just, like, get the true events 100% wrong. Yeah, that bothers me. Anyway, I'm sorry. We'll get back to the plot, and I'll yell more about this later. So, anyway, yeah, they go, they talk to the game designer, real weird dude, and go talk to this woman who gives the whole history, and they're like, oh, man, that's crazy. And they go back and meet up with October and Swank. Yes, and um, October's well, they actually up with October, but she's, she's outside out smoking. smoking. And they go and they talk to Swink. They give him all the information, and they're like, "Wait, where the hell is October?" And they're like, "Oh, well, she's out smoking." And he's like, "Well, who's playing the game?" Because the game is loaded, and they can see October's character exploring. Yeah. So they realize the game is playing itself at this point. Oh man. So they go out to look for October, and she walks into this abandoned building that's much farther away down the street than you would anticipate yeah, somebody going for someone a smoke. just going for a smoke, she ends up, like, a block or two away. They're, like, running down the street looking for her, yelling, like, October, and she goes into this building that's, like, in the process of being built. Because she sees someone inside. Yeah, and she's like, oh, man, it might be that bitch who killed my brother. Which don't go in alone, then. No. She, but she thinks she's safe. She does, because she hasn't died in the game. Right. So she goes in and she tries to do... So one of the things that they'd read about um, getting rid of a witch is that you have to drive a nail through her forehead, her heart, and her stomach. I don't remember where the three places Something like that. Basically like like three down in a line. And so she has a nail gun and she's going to shoot the the witch. And she actually finds her and like... Elizabeth Bathory turns around and she shoots a nail gun at her, but it goes through her because she's a projection. It's not like her actual body. Right. And she's like, fuck. And she drops the nail gun and starts to run away. But there are these chains on the floor that 
attached to her ankles somehow mm-hmm. and rips her upside down. And Elizabeth Bathory comes over and slits her throat. But right before she does, Sophia Bush's famous last words are, go fuck yourself. Which is only in the director's cut, not in the theatrical. Um, probably because the theatrical version was PG-13 and they yeah. say fuck a lot in this movie. They really do. They had to cut out a lot. It should have been R. It would have been a much better movie if they just released the director's cut as the theatrical. Uh, I agree. It still wouldn't have been great. Maybe oh, yeah. it would have reached that like 12% on Rotten Tomatoes instead of the 7 I think it would have been a lot better. It would have made me a lot less angry because, honestly, again, a lot of the, like, context that makes it much more interesting is cut out in the in the theatrical cut, which means that a lot of the details just straight up don't make any sense. Yeah. So it's very hard to watch the theatrical cut. Um, so they get there, and it's too late to save October. She's already dead. Um, they're very upset, and they're like, fuck it. We're going to get rid of this shit. And they made a lot of weird changes in between the theatrical and the director's cut. For example, in the version that I have on DVD, because, of course, I own this movie on DVD, which is the director's <laughs> cut. Right. It's Hutchie's really upset. But in the theatrical version, apparently it's Frankie Muniz, who's the one who's, like, freaking out about her being dead. Which is strange, because they don't seem that close. No, and then uh, there's also a scene where just they they trade who's driving. Like, in the theatrical version, I think Hutch is driving, while in the director's cut, Abigail's driving or something. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It's very, very strange. Um... So they decide that they're going to go check out the house again. Um, And they're going to see, because they want to find, so they want to find Elizabeth Bathory's house, um, which apparently had burned down, because her remains are supposed to still be in her tomb, which is somewhere on the property. Which is going to be in this really tall black tower. Yeah. Which is funny, because when they went to go see, like, the woman who gave them all the details and all the lore who was cut out of the theatrical version like oh well where is it they're like well we don't know the house burned down but supposedly the tower's still around it's like it's a tower how many towers are there it's not hard to find a tower like big black towers yeah people just forget where it was this was like 200 years ago there were maps there were photos kind of also you'd think to someone driving around just be like oh hey look there's a tower over there maybe we should check it out yeah. But anyway, so they're like, we're going to go back. We're going to talk to the developer. He's going to tell us. He knows everything about her, so he's going to tell us. Frankie Muniz is like, cool, I'm going to stay here and keep playing because at this point they figured out that the game plays without you and the game will kill you if you don't keep So playing. he might as well keep playing just to stay safe because he's like the best gamer in the group. Yeah. So he's in the van playing his game. Yep. Um, they go in to try to find um, Malchus, which is the name of the, the um, developer. Oh. Um, and instead, so Hutch finds, like, a little outdoor area that he goes to try to explore. And then Abigail finds this wardrobe that she'd actually found in the game mm-hmm. that had had, like, a secret thing inside of it. And you could tell because it was glowing. And she's like, oh, man, the same wardrobe. So she opens it and, like, climbs through all these clothes and... All Narnia finds a whole secret area. Yeah. So basically, while they're at the house, they figure out that, like, the house was built on her old property. Yeah. I think that it was Swink who figured it out because he, like, literally held up the computer and could see the, uh, the the house in the game looked exactly like the house they were in. And I think you could tell you could see the tower in the back yeah. as well. Yeah. So they're like, oh, we're here. So they explore and Abigail finds a secret room that has all these weird, like, drawings and symbols and, like, close up pictures of eyes and there's a doll with bugs on it it's like every creepy piece of imagery that you could want in this yeah and she finds like the shears yep and she eventually finds the dead developer yes and a list of names of girls that like it looks like the diary that was in the um that was in the game yeah so she's like fuck this i need to get out of here and um and so she starts like screaming and hutch comes and gets her 
Yeah. And meanwhile, and I think Swing calls them and tells them, hey, you guys yeah. have to do this and like go into these places. And he's helping them. Yeah, because he can apparently do stuff in the game and then it happens in real life, which is something that is not explained, explained at all. No. But like he can unlock doors for them and like drop yep. keys and stuff like that. Or like he drops a crowbar at one point in time so that they can like bust through. Yeah, it's real weird. Lock. It's but not well explained. Just like they don't explain how the house burnt down. And then I guess the developer lives in the house that was built on that. Plantation and also somehow and also based the game off of it. I guess it's there's a lot of things in this movie. It's very that are not they well skim a lot. They really skim a lot. And so while Swink is talking to them and playing through the game, Bathory starts going after him. Yeah, and he screams like, "I'm not dead yet. That's cheating," or something <laughs> like that. And he starts running away. Yeah, and the carriage is following him. I think he drops the phone. Yeah, and so he goes and he like climbs underneath these rose bushes in order to escape. Her mm-hmm. and she like walks up and then you don't know what happens. And, right. But it's impl- heavily implied that he's been killed and Hutch and Abigail make it outside the house and find they the find computer it. Yeah. and what says game over and shows his dead body underneath all these roses. And they're yeah. like, oh shit, he's dead. But So they go out to the mausoleum because they find the um, the graveyard from the game and they're running around. They find the mausoleum that they'd found in the game that had like the path to her tower in it. Yep. So they go in there um, it's very creepy. They find roses. So they have roses. Yeah, they at got this point. a ton of roses in order to drop along the way because that way they wouldn't get attacked by anything. And, and then a couple work. times that like zombies go after them. Yeah, and or drop like them. the carriage comes at him and he like holds out the rose. Yeah. And which it is probably the coolest evaporates. visual. It that was really or cool. when um Elizabeth Bathory they kind of do the same things at one time he is holding the rose and one time Abigail's holding the rose. Yeah. And at some point, Abigail holds out to Elizabeth Bathory's coming out, and she, like, becomes transparent and goes over her in, like, a force of wind while the rose burns up in her hand. Yeah. That's still some pretty cool visuals. It is. So they're in the they're in the mausoleum. They're going to go up to the tower. For some reason... He starts to go up, and she's just, like, looking around while he takes a couple steps into the tower, and the door slams shut. Yeah. So she's trapped in, like, the mausoleum part, and he's going up to the tower. And he's like, whatever, here's a rose. Like, you'll be fine. I'm going to come get you. So he, And she starts playing He Loves Me, He Loves Me Not with the rose that's like, supposed to fucking save her ass. She's off the petals and each one she drops like burns up because clearly there's like her spirits there and gonna kill her. I don't understand why she thought that that was a good use of that rose. No. And so he, um, Hutch makes it up to the top of this tower and is hitting the nails in but Elizabeth Bathory ends up getting... Abigail. Yeah. And he she like grabs her and strings her up upside down and then she's just like letting her hang and she like strips down naked. Well, only in the in the director's only cut. Only the director's theatrical cut. Version. Yeah, she's, she's fully like, clothed in the theatrical version. She is fully unclothed in the director's cut. And she has this like giant long spear thing that she's clearly gonna use to like poke her and like slit her open while she lays in the bathtub underneath. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty gross. It is. But she doesn't actually do that because at the last moment he slams the last um Nail, nail in, which her brings face. her spirit back into her body. Yeah, and then they found out earlier that the way that you get rid of a witch for good is you have to burn her blood. So he has to overcome his fear of fire. Blood isn't flammable. It is if you're a ghost lady. Are you sure? No, I don't think it is either way. <laughs> but he finds a way, and he lights her on fire, and he's, like, freaking out. Yeah, he... I guess he drops on the ground. There's this, like, line that goes to her. I don't know if he used lighter fluid or yeah, I missed they it. don't I don't know if she bled. That. It's like her blood is highly flammable. I don't What's going on? Understand. It's not fully explained. No. So he's in the corner, like, all upset because of his traumatic past with fire. This mm-hmm. is the thing that was very heavily foreshadowed earlier. Yeah. And Frankie Muniz bursts in. 
double wielding some rose bushes. Yeah, he literally has a full rose bush in each hand. Yes. And Abigail's with him. He clearly just came from saving Abigail. And they're like, come on, come on, come on. And he is able to get out. Then doesn't have that much trouble getting out, actually. There's a couple of, like, slow-mo shots back to, like, him as a child being surrounded by fire and him crying. And then he just runs away and everything's fine. Yeah. So they get out. They're like, cool. That's awesome. We're safe. They are walking away from the tower very, like, nonchalantly. You think he'd be, like, running and wanting to get out there as quickly as possible. The whole tower is on fire. Like, in the top part. It's on fire. So They don't seem bothered. No. But then it cuts to... I guess this is supposed to be in the future or something. I think it's, I guess, fairly soon after. And it shows these boxes being delivered to that video game store. Yeah. That have the hot new video game that everyone's dying to play. Yeah. Stay Stay alive. alive. Here's what's interesting. Because you're right. I think it might be supposed to be in the future because no one has ever heard of the game at this point in time. And normally, before a game comes out, people are at least aware of its existence. There's yeah. like, at this point, there's like articles written about it. Yeah, they show it was on a magazine the front of a magazine, so it had to be later. But how long could it have been because they would have found the dead developer? You'd think so. And like maybe found out that that game was tied to like a series of inexplicable deaths and been like, maybe it's not in the best taste to release it. Yeah, also, it's not usually like... As far as we know, the developer hadn't sold it yet because it was in testing. Yeah, I don't know who it would have gone to. Greenlit it to officially go live. Very unclear. It's not a well-made movie. No. But it's really fun. But at the end, it ends with all these random people reading her prayer out loud. So presumably they're going to bring her back, even though they've already burned her blood. Well, yeah, but I think the idea is that they actually brought her back when they read the prayer in the beginning, when they first started the movie. And that's kind of like what made yeah. her come back to life. And I guess. now it's going to happen all over again for all these they other They definitely people. make it feel like it's like a final thing, though. But maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. We'll see. I guess we won't. I don't think they're going to make a sequel to this. So. Yeah, probably not, considering it came out 12 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. We could make a sequel. Let's, let's fund a sequel to Stay Alive. To Stay Too Alive. <laughs> stay Alive 2. Too Alive to Stay. Ooh, I like that. Right? Doesn't make any sense, but sounds flashy. Stay it grammatically alive. makes sense, but like it doesn't make sense. Stay alive to the squeakle. <laughs> Stay alive to electric boogaloo. Perfect. Done. Perfect. Um, all right. So that's Maddie's favorite movie of all time. It's so good. It's, I love it so much. It is a good time. It is so enjoyable. I could watch that movie literally every day. Oh, man. I think you would tire of it quickly if you no, actually did. It's it so good. Day. It's so good. How could you ever tire of Frankie Muniz with his upside down see-through visor? Oh, which he can apparently exactly replicate in the game. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty good uh, CGI. Yeah, actually, the game looks really cool. We were Googling this movie, and I found a whole string of, um, like, a Reddit thread that was talking about how the movie sucks, but how people really kind of want to try playing this game. Yeah, it does kind of seem fun. fun, honestly. Except for the fact that you die. Yeah, but I don't think you would actually die if it was a real game. You know, though. they didn't think that they would die when they played this game either, Maggie. That's true. I guess I don't know for sure if I'm in a horror movie or not. You never know until mm. you're dead. It's true. Even then, you don't necessarily know. Also true. All right. Um, so, for a movie that is just batshit crazy all the way through, <laughs> it does have one beautiful moment of horror reference, which is the name Loomis Crowley. Is a very great name. More research, in my opinion, unless it's just sheer coincidence, went into the name Loomis Crowley than went into almost any other part of this movie. Because, um... I don't know, they have the thing that was like the demon's hammer or the witch's hammer. They call it the witch's hammer, but it's actually the hammer of demons. Well, yes. Malaeus... Malleus demonium? Malleus demonorum? Demon, demonium? 
They said demonium. Oh, demonorium. Yeah, okay, so they didn't get that part right. They actually either. got that wrong, too. Cool. It's fine. Um, anyway, Loomis, who is Milo Ventimiglia, which is a terrible name for a child. Don't name your child Loomis. Or Don't do. do. It. Or do, if you love horror, because um, Loomis as a name has a long history in horror. Uh, we talked about Psycho last week. Sam Loomis is Marion Crane's lover. Yep. Which then, in turn, Dr. Sam Loomis from Halloween was named after that Sam Loomis. And then, in turn, Billy Loomis from Scream was named after Dr. Sam Loomis from Halloween. The thing that this name has in common throughout all these names is that Loomis is the last name. Well, listen, if your last name is Loomis, then your last name can't be Crowley. Yeah. <laughs> Presumably is... after Aleister Crowley and all the various demon-related people who have been named after yeah, him in various Yeah, there have been a lot fiction. of demon-y characters named Crowley. Yeah, is it, so obviously there's Crowley in Good Omens, um, who then Crowley on Supernatural was yep. named after, but this was pre- that. Barely pre-supernatural, I think. Barely pre-supernatural, that show's but been on I want to say post-good omens. Yeah, it would have been post-good omens. That, because that show has not been on for 27 years. Are you sure? It feels like it has been. <laughs> I think it's still too many. It's <laughs> a lot it's of years. It's 15th season now. It's insane how long that show's been going it's on. It's been going on for and a really And it's a great time. show. It started off as a great show. I kind of doubt that it's still a great show. Super People love it. Yeah, but that doesn't always mean it's still a great show. Yeah, so there's a very strong... Uh, obviously, Aleister Crowley, for those who don't know, is a very famous uh, writer who is also an occultist who is very involved in Satanism. Not like the fun Satanism, like the Church of Satan now, where they just like try to do protests so that people can't just put up like giant statues of Christian icons all over the place and protest for like religious equality. Uh, but the old school Satanism, where they were like holding weird blood ceremonies and trying to like bring the you know Antichrist to life and stuff like that. Also, just a quick clarification: this movie did come out. After Supernatural Good launched, Lord, it launched Supernatural in 2005. has been on for it so long. In its 13th season. <gasps> oh my god. Okay. All right, I'm sorry. One of the first ads, uh, or one of the first articles here is Supernatural will air its Scooby-Doo crossover again in August. So don't tell me that it's still a good show. There are people love this show. Okay. There's a, there's a Scooby-Doo crossover, all right? I mean, have you seen Riverdale? And it's not a good show. It's such a it's good show. It's an enjoyable show. It's such Maddie, a good this show. is your favorite movie, okay? <laughs> I don't have good taste. You don't understand the difference between enjoyable and good. I think that if something is good, then it's enjoyable. Or vice versa. If something's enjoyable, then that means there's something good about it, because what's good about it is the fact that it's enjoyable. Uh, okay, I'll give you that. I it's will say not that like Supernatural a is a poetic piece of literature, but if it's enjoyable, there's something good and pure about that. I would argue that that brings you into a very rough place because people enjoy some fucked up stuff. Like, okay, so um, Ted Bundy enjoyed having sex with the corpses of women he murdered. That does not mean there's anything that's good and pure about that. Okay, that's true. But if it's a television show, like... A dark, gritty version of the Archie comics isn't hurting anyone. It's not hurting anyone. That doesn't mean that it's a well-written show. I didn't say well-written. I said good. I guess that's my barometer for good. This is not... Okay, you're right. Okay. This is an enjoyable movie. It is not a artistically good movie. I will take that. Okay. Just like I kind of doubt that the 13th season of Supernatural with its Scooby-Doo crossover <laughs> is an artistically good season of television. Did you just compare my love of Riverdale to Ted Bundy enjoying having sex with corpses? Uh, in a way, I suppose that I did. What the hell, Maggie? <laughs> <laughs> I just meant, well, because 
I wasn't necessarily specifically saying that it's the same, but I was arguing with your, I, I was I was disputing your statement that if you enjoy something that makes it good or pure, it does not mean that. I think that's just a, like a, a very big step to take. Well, yes, that's true. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so there's a lot of a lot of callbacks, a lot of connections with the name Loomis Crowley, which I think is kind of cool. I think that's a lot of fun. That is pretty cool, yeah. I do want to take a second to talk about the things that the real Elizabeth Bathory is accused of having done because this movie would have been bonkers if they had included more than just the whole blood thing. I think it would have been a lot harder for them to get the PG-13 rating that they ended up going for. You think? I mean, they would have had to cut it all out. I wish it had shown up in the director's cut, I guess. Which, I mean, to be fair, her standing naked with a giant spear and a woman hanging over a bathtub, at least that made it in. Some of these things I think that they might have been able to get away with, like um, jamming pins and needles under the fingernails of her servant girls, smearing people with honey, tying them down and leaving them to be attacked by bees and ants. Uh, How about this? Um, She would bite chunks of flesh off of her victims, and one girl was forced to cook and eat her own flesh. Cannibalism. She did do the scissors thing, as we mentioned. That is a real thing that she actually did, so props to them for that. That's real. Um, She would apply red-hot pokers in the mouth or nose of girls, stab them with needles, and tore open their flesh with sharp pincers. That's really gross. Ooh, she enjoyed cutting the skin between her victims' fingers. Ugh. I got in a paper cut there once. It It was very unpleasant. Yeah, oof. I realize that she did much worse than that, but that is no. just, like, viscerally... Ugh. And this is not to make light of the fact that these were all really horrific things also, that Elizabeth Bathory did, because she was a really horrific human being. If she did the things she was accused of. If she did the th- Yeah, to be fair, we don't know for sure a lot of these things even happened. There is also the component of her being a very um, educated powerful woman in the 15 and 1600s. Um, a lot of this stuff is supposed to have happened after her husband died, I believe, at which point she would have been independently powerful and wealthy. She was, I guess there were some people who did not agree with her politics. Um, and she was bisexual too. She was bisexual also. But again, that's, it's hard to tell if that is something that she really was or if that is, because at that point in time, that would have been like a slur against her. That would have been like mm. a slam rumor, you know? Well, I thought that maybe if it's true and she was like having affairs with servants true. like that, then people could have been talking it up. Yeah. Yeah. So there are definitely people who like testified to all of this stuff. But again, it was, you know, it was the 1500s or the 1600s, I guess, by the time that she was tried. And it is very hard to say for sure that all of these things actually happened they had they quote unquote confirmed it at i think 60 people that she killed um rumors have it in like the hundreds of people again it's hard to say for sure it's very dramatic so it's sort of like did this really happen was it all kind of a lie it is hard to know for sure either way she was tried and she was imprisoned in a basically a fully walled in cell so in the movie they talk about her being built into a wall it's similar to that she had an actual cell in that but there wasn't an opening there was just like a slit for them to pass food through so i mean they tried to get some things accurate at least which almost makes it more frustrating they then just like completely changed like major chunks of it yeah i mean they could have given her a completely fictional name which also would have been yeah and had her just be inspired by it but it might have been or they could have worked something in where they were like people thought she died in hungary but really the blood of the young girls kept her alive and she moved to america to start a new like any time it would have taken like two seconds to make it better yeah i guess that's what frustrates me is that it would have taken so little work to make it better. Would, that would have made it more historically accurate or at least more believable. Yeah. Would that have made the movie better? For you, it would have. It would have made it better for I me. I don't know if it would have made it better for most people. <sighs> I know. But I do love this movie It just so much. feels lazy, though, you know? Like, it just... History is so interesting. It is. 
I feel like it would have made it better. Is it just because I'm a nerd? I think it might just be because you're a nerd. <laughs> oh, no. It's okay, because I'm a nerd, too. And it... I think it could have been fascinating. I think it would have been hard to capture all the crimes she did and keep this movie in theaters, especially one that was made by Disney. That's true. Also, a lot of movies are known for changing things. Like, have you seen The Other Boleyn Girl? That was not a historically accurate movie. I cannot watch anything that's about, like, the wives of Henry VIII because they just get it all so wrong. Oh, yeah, exactly. So this is a very normal thing. I started watching Tudors and I was just like, I think this might be a me thing. I think This might be be my problem. It's just that I love reading about history and I'm also a weird purist. I think you just have to take it for what it is and enjoy the little things. All right, maybe we'll acknowledge that it's fun that they even used a real historical character to base it off of. Exactly, and enjoy Frankie Muniz bursting through a door holding two rose bushes. Who wouldn't? Exactly. What a powerful entrance. Oh, man, I think Frankie Muniz hit his peak at this movie. Yeah. Jimmy Simpson, I think, killed it in this movie. But he's also been killing it in life ever since then. He's been doing great, yeah. He's fantastic. There's actually, he was in the Black Mirror episode that's based around being trapped in a video game against your will. He is. So he can't get away from this. Yeah, he's just constantly caught in video games. I wonder if he's like a gamer in real life, which is why he keeps like doing these things. Maybe. Because also, if you think about it, Westworld's kind of all about games, True, you're stuck in a simulation, more or less. Yeah, but it's a, I mean, I think it's kind of like a Skyrim IRL thing, but like in a Western situation. Dude, can you imagine if there was a real Skyrim? Like like a Westworld Skyrim? But the thing is, like in Skyrim, I've gone and I've killed a lot of people in Skyrim. that's true. I would be the man in black. Exactly. I think I would be a monster in one of but those But are games. you a monster if, as far as you know, they're just robots that are reset? Like, as far as I know, That's the, the AI in Skyrim don't have any feelings or consciousness because they're pieces of code. But so are the ones in Westworld. That's true. So, honestly, yeah. it made me think a lot about my actions as a gamer. Yeah. Like, that you're willing to kill as long as you don't think that it really has any actual outcome? Yeah. I mean, you're not actually killing anything. I know. I also do that. I, I will just... It's like, I went in and I accidentally shouted and killed someone. Whoops. And I know that's another... Th- so, something that happened in 2005 that was interesting was Grand Theft Auto got a lot of slack from the press. Partially because it's a game where there's a lot of killing, there's a lot of stealing of cars, a lot of violent acts, but what I actually got the most slack over was the fact that there was a hidden minigame in it called Hot Coffee, in which you literally simulated having sex with someone by pressing buttons. Nice. And I don't think it was supposed to be discovered. It wasn't like a, oh man, press the right buttons at the right time. It was like one of those like inner, like within the company joke things or whatever. I think that someone looked at the code and it was originally being developed and then was scrapped and they were able to like bring it back up or something like that i don't know all the details but it happened and there was a lot of bad press and this was literally a year before this so i think that video games in general were kind of a hot topic at the time yeah and that's still around the same time where people thought that like video games would like make you a school shooter or whatever you know like people blamed like violent video games for like columbine and stuff like that people really blamed a lot of stuff. yeah and i think that ties back really well to the idea that Horror movies often kill you because you've done something bad. Mm-hmm. To some people, could see just playing video games as being that bad thing. Yeah, and even then, I mean, if you look at the specific people who died, like Miller, the boss, died after doing a ton of cocaine. True. Jimmy Simpson's character Phineas, he was just an asshole the entire time. Yeah, and he was on drugs. All and the he time. was on drugs all the time. October was killed when she went out for a smoke. Yeah. 
and she was like the angry character. I don't know. That's true. Angry female gamer character. It just yeah. sounds like someone that someone wrote in order to And then the off. other two were having creepy sex, the two roommates. The two roommates of Mila Ventimiglia. I'm not 100% sure why Loomis died. Yeah, he didn't seem like he did anything wrong. I mean, but he did have his phone taped to the inside of his computer, which kind of implies he might have been doing some illegal That's stuff. That's true. Maybe he was like a hacker or something on the side, but they don't ever explore that. And honestly, all of them are playing a game they're not even supposed to have, so they kind Except of Except for Loomis, that. who does have it yeah. legally. But yeah, so it's one of those things where they kind of are punished for doing bad things rather than like the good girl, I guess, who's supposed to be Abigail, who's just brought into the dark world of gaming by this boy that she met. <laughs> she is never in that much danger of dying. Obviously, she's going to yeah. make it the entire time. Right. I'm just kind of surprised that three different people made it through. Yeah. Normally, you get like a final girl sitch, not like a yeah. final girl and her boyfriend and their weird teen friend. Yeah. Frankie Muniz. Frankie saving Muniz. the day. Yeah. And I mean, I guess it makes sense that like they don't want to dig too deep into the history of Elizabeth Bathory because it is about games. It's not about her. I just thought it was weird that they used that instead of like just making up somebody new because it's like if you just had like a game or a movie set like like a slasher movie set somewhere in the United States that was like about Vlad the Impaler. I think that they couldn't go too far in if they wanted to keep the idea of video games being the real evil rather than her being the real evil. I guess. Because everything she did was so horrific that it would have overpowered True. the strength of the anti-video game message that I think this movie was supposed to have. Yeah, I don't know. I just felt like they could have made up like a new person who would be like the local Louisiana folktale other than like, like a movie? Hungarian countess who was never Yeah, there. I kind of feel like this movie wanted to be an anti-video game movie but I think it failed and just made the game look like a lot of fun and made Dude, a lot I of people want to play it. so bad. Right? I don't even like survival games because they creep me out. Yeah. But it looks really cool. Yeah. We gotta play well, some Silent Hill, man. Yeah. Silent Hill 4, I hear if you drop that made-up gun. The Hyper Blaster, <laughs> which never runs out of ammo. And then you convince her to go down the stairs and she'll kill herself. Cool. From what I read, I've never played Silent Hill before because either, no. It, no new ones have come out recently. It's really scary. It's supposed to be really scary. Like, you have to find, like, keys inside of dead animals at some point and, like, dig through them, their bodies. Yeah, it's real gross. It's messed up. Um, I actually found out about it because I used to read a Green Day fan fiction that mentioned the characters playing Silent Hill. I was like 13 or 12. Oh my god. You're such a nerd. I love you so much. <laughs> yeah. Stay alive. I think that the Saturday the 14th drinking game is just anytime I get irrationally angry about something that no one else cares about, you yeah. take a shot. No, a couple of years ago, I did in fact make an official drinking game for Stay Alive. Ooh, we should post the rules for that. We should. Let's I think we might make that site. a uh, blog post on our website. Yeah. Is the official drinking rules for Stay Alive. Let's do it. All right, so keep an eye out for that. Um, if it's, It might not be up right when we uh, release this episode, but look for it in the next couple of days. Yeah, we'll try to throw that up there we'll tweet when it's up um and in the meantime check out stay alive it's really fun it's real cheap to run on amazon you will thoroughly enjoy it if you like mediocre cw slash wb which dramas who doesn't you apparently you insulted riverdale i mean i no i said it wasn't good i didn't say i didn't like it okay good I, have you ever I'll, seen I'll the movie that. sky captain in the world of tomorrow it's terrible, and I love it. So, like, I get you. It's just not good. <laughs> okay. Anyway. I'll, I'll take it. Um, all right, so what are we doing next week? Next week, we're going to do a real fun movie that fucked me up as a kid. <laughs> I still haven't seen this movie, so I'm very excited. Oh, man. It's one that I've seen that you haven't. That happens so rarely. No. But we're going to watch Child's Play. And we may have a special guest for it. Yeah, so stay tuned. We'll announce if we do. Yeah, and uh, in the meantime, um, have fun. Be good. Uh, don't play video games. No, do play video They'll games. They'll kill you. They, they might kill you, but do it anyway. Yeah, you're right. Have fun. Do what you want. And have a lovely couple of weeks. We'll talk to you guys again soon. All right. Have a safe drive home. We love you. Mwah.